All right, we're we're officially recording cool. a podcast. That's cool, you know. And then you know, once yeah. we get through, um, you know, some of this stuff and figure out our format, we can come up with a name and we'll have an intro and stuff like that. You know, we'll keep it pretty casual for this time. But here we are recording. Yeah, uh, Squadcast actually lets you have two separate recording tracks, so uh, I, we are guaranteed clear, good audio. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just start with this one that came out this week. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, so we have a, a SCOTUS decision for vaccine mandates. Uh, I want to get your take on it. We have a 6-3 decision for private businesses um, not required to mandate their employees to get vaccines, but we have a 5-4 decision with Kavanaugh and um, uh, Roberts deciding that public sector healthcare workers have to get the mandate. Yeah, so... What do you think about that? I did see, um, obviously, uh, this decision and them basically requiring the public sector. My understanding is as long as they receive federal funding... That is that would be the requirement. So hospitals, um, you know, that require that receive federal funding, which my understanding would actually be a large probably um, amount of hospitals actually do receive federal funding on some level. Um, so, you know, healthcare workers, they kind of stand firmly behind vaccines for the most part. Um, from what you see on social media, a lot of the people that are coming out of the woodwork are definitely all healthcare workers that are in there. I personally know some healthcare workers who want to see the vaccine and, and people get it, whether or not they stand behind the mandate. Uh, that remains to be seen, but that seems to be a large swath. Um, I'm up and down about it. You know, the the private businesses, that vaccine mandate never should go through, obviously. You know, private businesses should not be regulated by the government um, or be mandated in any way to force their employees' health decisions because that's essentially what a vaccine is. It's a decision about your health, and the government should not take control over that. Um, you know, with these private businesses, if they want to invoke a mandate on their own, they are within their right to do so. And I would not be happy about it if my company did it. Um, and my company has done it. Uh, but it's, um, it's kind of up to the business. You know, that is their right as a business and uh, it is your right to refuse that mandate as well. But you do not have the right to your job if you refuse their mandate. Um, as far as federal funding goes um, for those companies, it's interesting to me because you are essentially going to hold them hostage um, by likely strong arming them and not giving them the federal funding that they need to continue because healthcare systems uh, notoriously need money and they fail. Um, so they need that federal funding to stay afloat. So essentially you're strong arming them into their vaccine mandates. Uh, so that part sucks, but uh, you know, how do you, what is your take on, on it from private business to, to uh, public funding? Uh, well, the federal government should never be involved between a, an employer-employee relationship. They, they don't need to be a part of that. Um, as far as the uh, – uh, this is what makes the mandate 
a misfire on the part of this administration because um, there's a healthcare worker shortage and it's partly driven by uh, people just leaving their their work altogether. They're going to find other jobs. It comes out in the data that like four or five million people have actually left their previous jobs pre-pandemic for something else. And that includes healthcare workers. So you're seeing a shortage there. And then if you uh, add on that extra layer with the mandate, you're you're, 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 you're mandating these employees only to get the vaccine. You're causing undue harm to the system and uh, nobody else is going to be mandated now. I, I don't think anybody should be mandated because you're only going to, I mean, you get to this point where it's just some people like a very small segment of the population are now mandated to get it, thus making it pretty much useless. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, you know, and especially with the guidelines that come out from the CDC being all over the place and that, you know, if you are vaccinated, you can't return to work. Um, if you're sick, but like, if you aren't vaccinated, I mean, these are very, very loose terms that you can return to work within five days or something like that. You know, it's everything is so up and down that like you can't enforce these mandates on healthcare workers for that. Exactly what you're saying is that shortage of, of workers is going to be very tough to, to come through and working in a healthcare system the way I do. I mean, we are always looking for people. And so there's kind of always a shortage of people, you know, it's tough to get everyone in and these people work, you know, massive amounts of overtime already. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because um, uh, it's something similar to what's happening in the airline industry where you have um, the roll up for somebody to be trained for their job uh, and to get all the, um, I don't know, to get acclimated. I, I don't know how long it takes to taxi an airplane or help an airplane taxi or, uh, but I mean, nursing it, it takes years. And so you're, you're just like, you're you're pushing a lot of people out of the workforce and then you can't replace those people at all. And so you've got things that are kind of self-inflicted um, like canceled flights or uh, nursing shortages. Um, so I, I, I think uh, Kavanaugh and Roberts were maybe, uh, I don't want to say that they're, they're wrong for their decision. I just think that um, it was an int- it was interesting for them to not side with the other justices on the individual liberty question. So I don't know. Um, I think we beat that one into the ground. I also had this other thing I brought up that um, I wanted to get your take on. Uh, I brought this up to you earlier this week. This was the uh, Take-Two Interactive makers of Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. Buying Zynga for $12.7 billion. Zynga is the Farmville and Words with Friends company. Uh, this is easily the biggest acquisition in video game history. The previous record holder was Tencent buying Supercell for $9.2 million, um, billion. What do you think about this? Why, why did uh, Take-Two buy... Uh, a mobile company for so much money is farmville even still a game (laughs) is it relevant everything i read says that that this makes sense for them um that mobile's bigger than ever 
you and I play video games, and we know people who play video games, and mobile is not where it's at for us. So we're in a bubble here. I'm not sure why this valuation was so high. Uh, it's not. It hasn't gone through finally yet. It actually has to be voted on by the shareholders over the summer. But um, I, I guess I, I don't know what to make of it, honestly. It's, it's an unfathomable amount of money. So there is a ridiculous amount of money to be earned in mobile gaming. And it sounds to me like Take-Two has no means of developing mobile games. And that's what Zynga's good at. I mean, let's face it, that is their their key. That's their niche. So that's just what you do. If you can't do, you buy someone who can. That's, you know, that's capitalism. So it's okay that they bought the company, but do they have the direction and foresight? So I guess my questions would be, what happens to the CEO? What happens to all of the creative people over at Zynga? Um, You know, do you let those people go and you follow the direction of take two? Like, I guess we have to see how that kind of plays out, but it could be gigantic. Um, more and more people are getting into mobile gaming constantly. I mean, Call of Duty came out on mobile, and it is a banger of, of a game. Apparently, I mean, I've attempted it. I play, I play very minor. I mean, Candy Crush isn't minor, but like I, I'll play that as a mobile game just if i'm bored sometimes like i just flip through it um but i won't spend any money and that's the big thing is now it's all pay to get through a game like that's just what it is so there's so much money flying around it hearing you talk about it actually made me uh i think realize something uh it occurs to me when you say uh that you like candy crush um activision blizzard bought candy crush developer king in 2015 and it's been six years seven years and there must be something out there that i'm not i'm just not aware of that that acquisition probably made a lot of sense for them it probably made a ton of money for them it's a public company so it must have come out eventually somewhere and uh i maybe take two is betting on zynga developing some sort of uh like grand theft auto online but for cell phones and and I don't know, maybe expanding that into other territories. Because I, I, I don't, when you say like, is Farmville even a thing? I, I say no, because I, it would be, I mean, the play here is China, and I don't think Farmville and China makes sense. So I, I just, that's, it's the China angle that confuses me the most, because that's where all the mobile gaming happens. Um, but man, just, just like a, a few short years ago, they were, you know, we're spending like $2.4 billion on EA buying glue mobile. Uh, and, and um, I have here, I'm actually looking Microsoft bought Mojang developer of Minecraft for $2.7 billion. So I, I mean, imagine that, that, that paid off for Microsoft, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, I think a lot of these companies are, are in the acquisition business now. And, you know, Microsoft bought ZeniMax. That was Doom. That was Dishonored. That was Quake. Uh, uh, or whatever the next game is that's coming out this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy to me that these numbers are getting larger and larger. $2.7 for Minecraft is um, 
to in today what year was that uh that would have been 2014 wow so i will go ahead and tell you that is a great buy for them at 2.7 billion for minecraft minecraft is blown up i mean so i know you say that all the mobile gaming is in china i think that that's going away. Yes, there will be mobile gaming in China. It's going to continue. But here in the U.S., think about it this way. You and I did not grow up with cell phones. I did not have a cell phone until I was 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. Um, there was no gaming in there unless you count Snake. <laughs> I don't think anybody was getting paid to develop Snake. So it you just never know. Kids are getting these iPads, iPhones, younger and younger. So the mobile gaming is going to increase exponentially. Factor in the fact with new blockchain technologies, which I know is one of my favorite subjects, mobile mobile gaming will be a part of that as well. So you will be able to play games on your cell phone to earn cryptocurrency. So someone has to build out those blockchain technologies and you got to think these other companies, larger companies are going to want to get into that. There is a company out there, um, Sandbox and, um, you know, Decentraland are essentially building out these uh, Minecraft style games. And that is on blockchain technology. They haven't even reached mobile yet, but it's coming and it's going to be developed pretty quickly. And so they will be able to take a market share there. And what, what's going to happen? You're going to have these low tier tech companies that are into cryptocurrency and blockchain, and they're going to get bought by your Activision Blizzards, your, your Zynga's. Like they're all going to get bought up and then they're going to start building these games on blockchains. It's, it's such low understood technology at this point and it's not widely observed yet but blockchain's only been around for about 10 years we're just starting so in my opinion we're going to see that mobile gaming skyrocket even more and the more money that's that's thrown into it um obviously there are risky investments but i mean <laughs> shit minecraft for 2.7 billion is a steal right now yeah, and I was just uh, reading earlier, well, earlier last week, I believe that Ubisoft had partnered with a crypto company, Aleph.im. Uh, I don't know what country that is. and uh, But they it's a crypto company, and they were trying to get into crypto. Ubisoft is one of the largest publishers in the world. So if if they're doing it, and all these other companies are doing it, and you're seeing it, then it's real. I just wonder um, if it's, I, I don't think it's a fad. I just, I just have a, a lack of imagination when it comes to how they might implement it into a game. Um, but I, I'm anxious to see what that looks like actually. So here, here's um, how that I, actually works. I can kind of explain that to you. So sure. in terms of some crypto places, uh, I talked about Decentraland, you know, that is one of, I would say the top 10, um, gaming cryptos out there right now. It has one of the highest market caps for gaming cryptos. And what you can do is you can purchase land 
digital land in the metaverse because let's face it crypto gaming is all going to take place in the metaverse at some point and you can do whatever you want with it people are building digital ad spaces on this land so it's like a billboard if somebody is driving their digital car past your digital land and they can see your digital ad so it's it's just the forefront there and decentraland what you do is you purchase the land with your crypto you you basically um can buy crypto you can stake it to earn more money and then you buy parcels of land and people are buying these parcels of land and reselling them at astronomical values so think of it almost as like an nft so and this is like without large corporations getting into it can you imagine if they want to be in the metaverse and they want to be advertising they need to be purchasing that digital land so there will be billions of dollars that get um you know just fluxed into crypto in general okay gaming crypto right now is one of the biggest niches right now because it's all over the place when the markets are going down Gaming cryptos are kind of actually either trading sideways or gaining. You'll see some losses, don't don't get me wrong, but they're creating games that are similar to Hades is like one of the things. I, I've talked to you about Gods Unchained, which is uh, basically Magic the Gathering, but with crypto and you can earn cards to sell for crypto. I mean, it's all over the place. So you can buy and trade and, and sell um these nfts essentially for cryptocurrencies and then you can cash out for us dollars if you want to i mean it there's a lot in it and that's how games are going to at a base level incorporate cryptocurrency into it uh and then they also have play to earn so um right now neo tokyo is a huge um company i mean they're small but they're about to have this really huge tournament and they have over a million dollars right now worth of crypto prizes that you can win and they're basically having influencers play and basically your characters are all nfts so it's mixing uh you know cryptocurrency nfts it's it's kind of gaming crypto it's kind of all being encompassed into one and again like there's just an unfathomable amount of people who are actually trying to get into this and keep in mind with crypto china has actually banned cryptocurrencies for the most part so oh i didn't know that yeah uh they are actively trying to ban cryptocurrencies because they want to start their own and Um. but the United States is doing the same thing. So I know we're kind of going from gaming to, to crypto and things like that, but they do kind of mesh together. Um, and, you know, I know you like Visa. Uh, Visa is actively looking at uh, different blockchain companies and things like that to help develop a U.S. backed stable coin that basically the United States can have. Uh, and there's already variations of of those out there, but this one would actually be backed by Visa. And Mastercard has done that. Is insane. that that is actually incredible to hear? I um, as a shareholder, it makes me happy. As a human being, it makes me like out in the world. It makes me incredibly nervous. Um, I don't I don't mind decentralized currency. I just don't like it when you tell me things like 
um, oh, America wants to regulate it, which we know is coming, or oh, China wants their own because they want to control it and they have their social credit score. So um, the pessimist in me sees that it could be um, slippery. But that's, I guess, a discussion for another time. I do want to point out that before we wrap up our first podcast here, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back full circle. Um, Disney purchased Marvel Entertainment for $4.2 billion in 2001. What a steal. Can you believe What a that? steal. And now we're, we're buying Zynga for $12.9 billion. You know? They make one that movie and they get all their money back. <laughs> yeah it's it's like wild to think and that was a that they had only released like you know iron man i mean there wasn't a potential for any franchise there before disney stepped in and i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that the uh without looking at it now and 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 extending this conversation out any further but you know buying the star wars property was not expensive either for them in the long term and and they'll just build theme parks off of this stuff for eternity yeah, so. i mean we'll look at how they just I, crank out star wars everything there's like what three uh three boba fett star wars shows <laughs> out there they're, they're the the disney plus thing is is hugely successful and um the theme parks are maybe a disappointment right now uh as far as um like the galactic starship uh, hotel and disney disney world that one's got poor reviews um that that part of the business isn't really doing so well and the films obviously aren't really coming out much anymore uh, i don't think they have anything in development um so it's it's hard to say but um disney plus is where it's at for them it's not where it's at for me i'm sure we'll talk about tv or movies another time but um i i just uh like you said they pump it out and people consume it so it, it worked out for them maybe it'll work out for zynga as well yeah no kidding. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. And that was our first recording. We'll just uh, see how it goes. Yeah, sweet. All right. Bye, man.